And a good uh, Saturday morning to you. Andy is taking the day off today. He may be hi- hibernating today because of the uh, the cold weather. In his stead, we have invited Lindis's deck and port specialist, our friend Luke Panic, to answer some questions today. Luke, good morning. Good morning, Denny. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Just uh, staying, trying to stay nice and cozy, and I hope uh, I hope you are as well. Uh, I want to uh, invite our listeners to join in. If you have any kind of a, a deck question, yeah, I know it's too above, a lot of snow on the ground, but you know what? Spring will happen, summer will happen, fall will happen. Our seasons when we really enjoy our decks and getting outside in, in maybe outside kitchens. So if you have uh, any kind of a home improvement question, because, uh, as we've mentioned in sh- past shows, that uh, Luke Panic has been has grown up in the construction the industry, and uh, it doesn't have to be about decks. Your question couldn't be about porches. Couldn't be about any kind of construction, or maybe a certain project you uh, want to get going. Could be about uh, insulation if you have a question about that. In the meantime, you can call those questions in, or you can send uh, a text to Luke if that's easier. Uh, one number to remember: six five one. Four six one nine two two six. What what's been happening in your life, uh, Luke? Since we chat, it's been a while since uh, we we talked. Of course, I'm sure the deck construction has kind of <laughs> slowed down to say the least uh, during this season. What are, what are people uh, looking for as far as decks uh, for this coming you know warm season? Well, the same thing. I think we all are are yearning for warm weather and the smell of charcoal and uh, we have been, uh, I mean, just this last week, I was out helping some people with deck projects and, and most of the time they call with the same reason they want to, they want to jump ahead of the spring rush. So it is a good time to have us out and talk about deck. So it's not as cold as it is. Um, people are starting to think about them because we're, we're eager, eager for longer sunny days and some evenings on deck. So it's a popular topic. You know, I I haven't asked you this before, and I've I've wanted to for I keep forgetting about it. First of all, uh, but with all the decks that uh, you're involved in, the Lindis Construction builds, when I see pictures of these uh, tall, uh, real tall decks, second story decks, uh, being supported by these tall timbers, what what kind of footings uh, do those things? I mean, I I hope they're <laughs> I hope they're stable. What kind of code is involved in that? And uh, what do you do to, to put those footings in the ground? What, what what kind of footings are used? Well, they're no different than the deck, honestly, that's six inches off the ground. Really? Um, the height, yeah, the height of the deck does not change the footing requirements. The, what determines the footing size and depth is completely calculated on the load, the live load that it's got to carry. So... It doesn't matter if the post if the posts of the deck are six inches tall or sixteen feet tall, uh, the footing is is the same. So what we use we use helical screw piers that you know these big steel screws that screw into the ground, um, and typically they meet the rating for any of our decks uh, once they reach five feet into the ground. So that's they're all usually about five feet. If it's a porch, it may have to go a little bit deeper, but that's that's the requirement. Oh, interesting. All right. Uh, let's grab a phone call, Luke, this morning. I think Joe is calling in from Isanti uh, this morning. Uh, Joe, thanks for calling. What's your question for Luke? 
Well, I'm an avid listener, and I've heard Andy talk about this Insultex, and he's kept me awake at night thinking of additional <laughs> uses for that product. Anything that will give you an R-Factor 6 in such a limited space has to have other beneficial uses, one of which I thought of. i got two here for sure. Uh, if you took scraps of that and cut out an insole for a work boot, even if you had to uh, laminate a piece of felt over the top of it, I think that would make for a nice warm foot on a day like today. The other one is, now I've got a house on a slab. Uh, the mistake they made when they built it, they did not put heat in the floor. So our floors are a little cool. But I was thinking, we're, we've got a lot of carpet in here, and I'm thinking if what would hurt if you took a layer of that Insultex, put it down on the concrete, and then laid your carpet pad and your carpet. Hmm, he's got a couple of ideas there, Luke. What do you think? <laughs> Maybe you could become a cobbler well, as far as the boots. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny, Joe. I've had the same thoughts about how the different uses. Um, I thought what, what a great homemade fish house you could make, an insulated fish house. Uh, I used it. Ironically, last week, I have a dishwasher up and on a, a, a rental cabin that I have up on Lake Vermilion, and it faces uh, the west, and the wind comes from the west, and the dish back of the dishwasher is up against the exterior wall, and the pump line that pumps the dishwasher froze, and I thought, there's not a lot of room behind the back of a dishwasher and the back of the cabinet to put a lot of insulation. But I thought, Hey, I'm going to put some Insultex back there. So I pulled the dishwasher out and put a double layer of Insultex, which is maybe, you know, maybe an eighth inch thick uh, to insulate the back of that cabinet to keep the dishwasher warm in those really, really cold days. So, uh, you know, maybe an eighth inch thick uh, to insulate the back of that cabinet to keep the dishwasher warm in those really, really cold days. So, uh, there's a lot of creative uses out there. Uh, I don't know if, if any of them will work other than what it's designed to do, but it doesn't hurt to try. Yeah, interesting. We have some very smart listeners, as you are well aware of. Uh, Luke, I know we have to take a break here in a moment. Uh, if you have a question, it could be about decks, porches, uh, Luke's specialty, but again, any he's built his own home. He's very well aware of various construction projects. So if you have any other questions, could be about, again, if you want to take advantage of Luke's expertise in decks and porches, great. Any other home improvement will uh, questions we'll take as well. Call a man or text a man, 651-461-9226. It's the Home Improvement Show here on CCO, two above zero, we might get up to 11 above uh, today. We're only going to get near 5 above here in the Twin Cities tomorrow. And every single night this coming week, it's going to range from anywhere from uh, 3 to 5 to 10 below zero. We'll get you more details in just a matter of minutes here. Right now, 2 above on 830 WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome uh, back to our Home Improvement Show. We are here every Saturday, thanks to Linda's Construction. Uh, if you want to get in touch uh, with those good folks, that uh, easiest number, new number to remember, 844-9-LINDAS, 844-9-LINDAS. We'll uh, give, give you that number before uh, Luke uh, leaves us. Andy has taken the day off today, Andy Lindis, that is, if you're just joining us. Luke Panic, among other things, Luke is the deck and porch specialist 
with Linda's construction. But again, you don't have to limit your questions to decks or porches. By all means, in fact, uh, if you have, like a lot of folks I see are still talking, uh, Luke, about snow on their roof, snow on their decks. Uh, but a question that came in first, I want to maybe tackle this first. Andy has often talked about uh, what Linda's uh, can do for you uh, as far as a heat map analysis. I know you and I don't usually talk about this, but you know what it is. Would you explain it to our listeners when Lindis is uh, is asked to come out and get a give a heat map analysis to your home? What do they do? What what do the guys do? Well, what we do is uh, a heat map basically is to study the house's energy performance, uh, kind of like an energy audit, but not as uh, you know we we don't necessarily do. Um, measure the volume of air that's in the house and pressurized and unpressurized and things like that. What it is is basically we send out one of our technicians with a lot of important tools, things like humidistats, um, infrared imaging, uh, things like this to take a look at the house and identify the, uh, any potential uh, energy loss. So especially when it's going to get real cold right now is one of the best times to do it because you have such a dramatically different temperature inside the house as you do outside the house. So the temperature change is what is easily identifiable with these tools. So we can see if you've got uh, uh, heat loss into your attic or your vapor barrier is compromised. You've got air going into your attic. We, we can see how your windows are performing to the best degree possible, it's the best time of year to have it evaluated because we have the greatest difference in temperature change, so everything is amplified. Mistakes are more obvious than ever. When it's 72 degrees inside your house and 72 degrees outside the house in the summer, those, those differences in temperatures don't exist, so you can't see them, but they come to light when you have a temperature change like we have now. So that's basically what it is, is we kind of lay out your house uh, from an analytical standpoint, identify. Usually it starts in the attic. That's number one. Then we look at windows. Then we look at doors. Then we look at, lastly, probably walls. So those are the things that we're able to look at and kind of look at the house as a comprehensive uh, energy unit and map out what the problems are. And sometimes there are none. Sometimes uh, it's just working working fine, and it's nice to learn that, too, about your house, if that's what's yeah. happening. That's a good point. If there's, uh, if, if if it's, you know, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it, as they say. If it works, you'll, uh, Lindis will tell you that too. Is there a common uh, problem uh, when uh, those uh, heat map analyses are done uh, and the the info is is uh, laid out on the table? Is there is there something pretty common like maybe the attic is the culprit usually? Yes. And no, yes, I would say, number one, the most important thing is the attic. But a lot of times, a newer house or a house that's been built in the last 20 years probably ha- may have an attic that was um, insulated properly and has a nice uh, poly vapor barrier because those things were inspected. Um, but homes like that, newer homes, can still have a bedroom that's cold. And they're like, we don't know why. We think this wall isn't insulated. Or, you know, they forgot to insulate this part of the attic. That's very unlikely. A lot of times the common problem is is that that happens to be the furthest room from the furnace. And so when the thermostat that's located in the hallway by the kitchen, if it reaches 70 degrees, it shuts the furnace off. But that bedroom that's way down at the end of the house is still at 62 degrees. It hasn't hit 70 degrees yet. Uh, the furnace shuts off because it satisfied the thermostat in the kitchen. 
that's probably the most common thing, and it can be difficult to deal with without uh, getting a zone treatment where they they basically you have thermostats located at different places in the house. Oh, okay. Um, so you know that's oftentimes a newer house that can be the problem, or the other problem is it was a newer house. It's insulated properly, but it's got lousy windows. The contractors threw in the cheapest windows they could find, and you look at the temperature of the glass of the window, or you look at the air leaking around that window, and it's terrible. And so a lot of times a window is a culprit for a cold room or a lousy patio door. The big patio doors are, are also that problem when you've got a dining room table and it's got a giant patio door looking out at a deck that's got two feet of snow on it. And that door is very cold. And, so the, and then you got a tiled floor. And so you got all these things that add up to a chilly kitchen. Uh, biggest culprit being that patio door that's cheaper, leaking air. So those are the most common things that I see with isolated entrances. If it's an older house, you know, built, you know, prior to 1995 or, or 1990, even you're going to see uh, all kinds of different things in attics that people were, uh, people did so many different things and the codes changed over time. And, you know, so that's, those are the ones that really have uh, where we can usually help the attic. All right. If you're just joining us, Luke Panic is answering those home improvement questions today here in a home improvement show. You can call them in or text them in, whatever. If you have a question specifically this morning because Luke's presence about decks and porches, that'd be great. Or again, any home improvement question, 651-461-9226. Talk about uh, snow. a couple of questions about snow. Here's one about decks. Do we have to worry about too much weight on the deck from the deep snow that they haven't removed? What a great question for this time of year. And I've been thinking about this myself. And in years past, I've always said, you know what, if you can, sh- if you have the physical ability to shovel it off and you need some exercise, shovel it off. If you don't, don't worry about it. Um, this year, I, I'm nervous in my own deck. I have a metal roof and that's when, you know, it's two stories above my deck. And when it falls, that last wet snow about, a, you know, two, three weeks ago, oh my word, I was in the chiropractor, Denny. The day after I shoveled all the snow off that deck, it, it killed me. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, boy, how important is it to get the snow off the deck? And the answer is, I can't honestly tell you how much the snow weighs, so I don't know. Uh, but we've had, this is an unusual year. About every eight years, we seem to get a, a vortex like this with ridiculous amounts of snow. And I think it is good to shovel it off if you're able to. Would I lose sleep at night if you're not able to get it off? No, but uh, I would, especially the what we're seeing is um, the density of the snowpack and as it accumulates, it's been very heavy. And we design these decks, you know, the specs and the load requirements and how we frame them is to is to, is to over-engineer them to handle these loads. So they, they should handle it. But I like to tell people, if you can get it off, get it off. Get some fresh air, maybe some vitamin D. <laughs> if the sun is shining, Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, again, I know we're getting uh, questions about uh, not only uh, decks, shoveling off decks, uh, but what about the weight? And Andy has kind of touched on this before, as far as snow on our roof roofing uh, structures. I mean, they're kind of built for that, are they not? Around these parts, they are. You know, in all my years of of, of being in, in attics, and even old attics that have two by four hand frame rafters. I've yet to go to a house in my 20-some years of doing this where the roof has collapsed from the weight of the snow. 
you see old barns collapse, but you don't see house attics collapse. Um, it's just not something people should worry about. Um, the ice, the ice dams, the icicles, all that stuff that can damage your that can damage your roof and your plywood and make it rot. Uh, but the weight of it is not the problem. It's the moisture that's the problem. All right. All right, hang hang on, Luke. I'm getting a signal here. Time to take a break and, uh, in fact, look at that chilling forecast. Uh, that'll be coming along in uh, just a moment. In the Twin Cities, we're at 2 degrees above zero. You have any kind of a home improvement question, we welcome yours either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. Back with more here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Proven show filling in for Andy Lindis today is our friend uh, Luke Panic. He's among other things, he's a man of many hats. He's the deck and porch specialist with uh, Lindis Construction. And if you have a question about decks, decking, porches, snow, ice dams, whatever the case may be, any kind of a home improvement question, we welcome yours today, either by phone or by text. Here's the number for either six five one four six one. Nine two two six. We do have a bunch of text messages, Luke. So let's uh, put you back to work here. We've talked about the too much weight on the deck, on decks from uh, the deep snow. Not not a real concern, evidently. But this texter says uh, they've noticed that about half the houses in their area, they don't say where, have not used a roof rake. Is it okay to just leave the roofs alone? Thanks for the great show. And uh, we get this, of course, this time of year a lot when we do ha- or get inundated with snow. What about that? What about roof rakes and all these uh, maybe new gadgets that clear some snow? Yeah, uh, that's a great question and certainly relevant to the ridiculous amount of snow that we have. So uh, it's a great, a great topic to think about. One of the things that when I look at a house or when I'm out to a house and we're discussing ice, that's formed on a house. We know that the ice number one cause of, of big ice dams and stuff is from heat loss in the house, but you can have a perfectly functioning attic and still have ice form at your eaves and icicles because when we get changes in temperatures, we get rain in December and then it warms up and then it gets cold, which we've had examples of all of that this year. It doesn't mean that your attic's not performing correctly. It means that you live in Minnesota and in one of our fluky winters. So it is good to get the snow off the house uh, when you have these kind of winters. Um, now, does it mean that you're preventing, um, if you don't, you're going to have an ice dam leak into your house? No, it doesn't mean that. But it is a great safeguard to know that if, the, if you get a, a lot of that water uh, that's going to be water eventually off your house, um, there's nothing wrong with it, okay? And it can help. It can also be very dangerous, uh, you know, to pull and big ice chunks come off and, and to crawl up there or do any of that stuff can also be dangerous. So you got to be very, very careful when you do it. And also there's a risk if you're not careful of hurting your shingles. If you, you know, if you use a metal one and you're wrenching on your new shingles and you're banging the ice, a lot of times when I go up on roofs in the summertime, and most recently because of all the storms, I've been on a few roofs, I could see the the mechanical damage that's on roofs from from raking them. So uh, you do want to use caution. Uh, I would use if you know when you're doing that. They make plastic ones. They make aluminum ones. If it's a metal one that you're raking with, you want to be very careful with it and make sure that you're not grabbing on the shingles. 
so those are the things to consider. It's not a must, uh, I don't think, for most homes. If they have a big ice dam um, that you can see, like six inches, eight inches, ten inches of ice on top of the gutter, when that's going to be a problem is in March. When the sun starts to warm up and that big, heavy ice retaining wall remains and you know, all that water is trying to get off the house on a lower slope roof, that's when we create a formula for water dripping down you know, on your kitchen sink or through the casing on the windows, things like that. So that's when it's really going to show up and you want to pay special attention to it. All right, 651-461-9226. Just joining us, uh, Luke Panic, answering your questions this morning on our Home Improvement Show. Uh, we were getting some questions about uh, the earlier part of the show when, when we were talking about that insulation. I think Joe was suggesting, you know, a boot insulation and uh, things. You were talking about your dishwasher. What insulation uh, were we talking about then? What's so good about it? Well, it's a unique, it's called Infotex, and it was developed as a weather barrier for the outside of a house. And a weather barrier is to serve, typically to serve two businesses. The very first uh, engineered weather barrier is the brand name of Tyvek. And what's unique about it is that it's waterproof from the outside, but it doesn't trap moisture. It allows moisture in your wall or in your house to breathe through it. So it has what we call a perm rating uh, that allows moisture to pass through it so it doesn't trap moisture. Because on the other side of your wall, Danny, you have poly underneath the sheetrock. And if you have something that's poly on the other side that doesn't breathe, then you could trap moisture and have mold problems. So that's the reason it has to be breathable yet waterproof. Now, the unique thing about Insultex is that it has an R value, and it's uh, and I'm certainly not the engineer that designed it, so I can't explain why it has such an R value that's so high, but it's got basically a, micro, a very a condensed version of lots of little air bubbles that are compact, so it has a very high R value for how much space it takes. So instead of putting on, I always give the comparison to like Gore-Tex, which is a breathable raincoat. You 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 stay dry in the rain, but it also allows you to sweat and, and let moisture penetrate through from the outside. It's like putting on a Gore-Tex raincoat, but it's an insulated one. So not only does it provide that waterproof characteristic that breathes, it's a warm winter jacket instead of just being uh, a rain jacket. That's the difference with Insultex as compared to normal weather barriers. Now, using it for all these other purposes, I don't know. You know, I can't speak on how well it works for any of these reasons. You know, it's designed to be a house wrap. That's an interesting analogy with uh, with uh, Gore-Tex. I had not uh, thought yeah. about that before. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. Um, again, 651-461-9226. Uh, Luke Panic in this morning for Andy. I'm looking at some of these other texts and see how many we can get in before we, we run out of time. Here's one. Uh, building uh, listeners building a modest home in Fargo, North Dakota. It will not have a basement. They are debating whether to put electric heat in the main floor, which is a concrete slab. The builder says it would cost close to $30,000 extra. Do you feel we should add it? For 30, well, okay. Um, I don't know all the facts here. Right. But if electric, electric, if electric heat in a slab is very expensive to run, meaning it's going to take a heck of an electric bill every month to get that electric to be a heat supply, where more commonly we heat 
with electric in the floor is like a small bathroom and we heat the tile so that the tile's warm on your feet and you don't you know you walk on it and it's nice and warm instead of cold to the touch more often what we see is in-floor heat for a slab that is heated by a boiler so in-floor heat that's a liquid that goes around through tubes that's a different story if you're heating the thermal mass with a boiler a propane boiler or even an electric boiler but you're heating the liquid underneath your slab through these pex tubes that's insulated that is extremely efficient and probably well worth the thirty thousand dollars because your heat bill is going to be very efficient to put an electric mat in the whole slab electricity in that case to heat a whole slab would be very expensive on a monthly basis so uh, sometimes these these uh, these energy efficient heating systems are worth the added expense up front because you're going to enjoy savings moving way forward for the next 20 years. Some of them, if they're going to be expensive to put in and expensive to run, don't make sense. And what this question is is electric heat uh, up front and then electric heat going forward would be ill-advisable in my opinion. Yeah. And it's the comfort angle, that alone, if you can get an efficient source, uh, is especially if you're going to stay in the house for years, you know, why not enjoy it, yeah. right? But, yeah, it's that's a good uh, qualification there. It's going to cost 30000 extra, but then if it's electric heat, uh, your bill every month could be pretty, pretty stiff. Um, yeah. Let me see here. I'm trying to f- find more. We have a, just a bunch of them here. All right. Uh, this, uh, in fact, there, I was waiting for some uh, deck and porch questions. Here's one. Uh, this listener bought a house last year. The four-season family room is cold in the winter, hot in the summer. It was an addition added 20 years that we think started off as a three-season room. It's built on piers with double-hung windows on three sides. The vaulted ceilings may have an R38 insulation, maybe R19 in the wall, uh, walls. Uh, I assume that the floors have insulation. There are two forced air floor heat registers in the room. Their question is, how can we make this room warmer? You've heard this before. I've heard this before, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier. I, we talked about that bedroom located way away from the furnace, right? Same thing here. When you add a, let's say it was a deck or a, a a screened-in porch, and people decide, hey, let's make it a four-season. Well, by extending the existing heat supplies, in this case, they're saying they've got two registers out there, so they probably ran six- or eight-inch round duct out into this room that's now got cold on three sides of it. You know, it's an eye, a peninsula sticking out. And what happens is when that when that furnace that's in the by the kitchen or in the living room or the the hallway in the middle of the house hits 70 degrees the furnace shuts off but that porch out there didn't get to 70 degrees yet because the air temperature the air going out into that porch is further from the furnace and so it's only at 60 degrees and the furnace shuts off so the crude way to do it is to close down the uh, registers tighten those up where the by the by where the thermostat is in the main part of the house so that a higher volume of air is getting out to that porch and may help increase that temperature a little bit usually when i'm designing a porch for someone 
uh, and we're talking about this, my first advice is to heat that room on its own and cool that room on its own, because the same thing happens with air conditioning in the summer. It just in reverse the the zone and cool that room on its own because the same thing happens with air conditioning in the summer. It just in reverse the the I would like to heat that cool that room with a mini split something that's very efficient but controls the temperature just for that room so it has its own independent HVAC system and it's called a mini split they're very efficient going back to what we talked about just a minute ago there's a little more upfront cost to them. But then they're extremely efficient moving forward. Very low energy cost for what's called a mini split. The mini split basically is a what's called an air source heat pump. It uses the ambient air, goes through a compressor, and either cools the room or heats the room. Not not unlike your refrigerator. How your refrigerator works is basically how an air source heat pump works. But that way you've got complete control of that room. It it um, it you set the thermostat and it works. The only exception is like with these days where it's going to be very, you know, it's going to be below zero. That air source heat pump is using such cold air that it, it probably isn't going to get that room to 70 degrees. You may need to just put a sweatshirt on these few days that it would have so cold. But other than that, it'll heat and cool that room perfectly for almost every day of the year. Wow, that's pretty neat. And there, there you're going to have a whole nother room that's uh, absolutely comfortable, uh, winter or summer. Pretty, pretty neat. Um, well, yeah, and very popular, very popular because of people wanting to turn those rooms into usable space. So many more people are working from home, and they want extra office. They're sick of working in a bedroom, so it's a very, very common thing to do. I just had a thought, uh, Luke. If uh, if folks are interested in uh, getting a new deck, or maybe getting one of those porches built, or just any kind of uh, construction work, or remodeling, or maybe roofing, whatever, with Linda's, what would you suggest? They can can they call? Uh, they can call this coming Monday, right? And just maybe set up a time. Absolutely, um, it's not as joyous for the deck salesman to you know trudge around <laughs> the snow to the back of the house, and you know walk up the icy steps, but we do it every day. So, yeah, we're happy to come out. We're, we're tired of being cooped up, too. So, absolutely, yeah. all of those things we're looking at. We can, we you know, of course, it's hard to see shing- the conditions of shingles with the snow on, but there's right. a lot we can do. There's a lot we can do in the winter, and we're, we can, every day we're designing decks and helping people with their windows and their remodeling projects right now. So. And, and Luke, too, no matter what the project we're talking about, Linda's will come out. That first visit is always free, so keep keep that in mind. 844-9-LINDA's. That's the number I wanted to give you, 844-9-LINDA's. We'll mention that, too, before Luke, uh, Luke leaves us today here. And then we still have a few minutes left in the Home Improvement Show for your question. We'll uh, grab some more text messages when we come back. Two above zero, it's 11 above. That's our predicted high for today. We're only going to get up to about five above tomorrow. So stay with us here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Home Improvement Show, presented every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. Uh, check them out online if you like, lindusconstruction.com, or you can always call them, uh, 844-9-LINDUS. Andy is taking the day off today, and our friend Luke Panic, the deck and port specialist with uh, Lindus Construction, is answering those questions this morning. And, uh, Luke, we still have some time, a couple of minutes left uh, before we head out of here. Let's see how many folks we can uh, help out here. Um, I know it's the cost-wise, it's always good to have, you know, 
Linda's come out and do the measuring and all of that. We, it's hard to give an adjustment. People once in a while will say, can you give me an approximate cost in this uh, sec- uh, question to add a set of steps to a wooden deck that's about six feet off the ground, goes down to a cement patio. Uh, I, I know that uh, the work on s- uh, steps is more expensive because it's it's more labor. But uh, how would you uh, address someone with uh, with that question? Well, just like you said, it's difficult to say, but I would say our average small deck project is about $5,000. It's probably our uh, average for a little deck or a little staircase or something small like that. There's still a certain amount of setup and organization and permit and work that's got to be done. Whether the deck is, you know, four foot by four foot or 40 foot by 40 foot, some of the work is the same. So it may sound like a lot, it's not. It's uh, that's pretty much our uh, an average for little tiny deck projects. So that'd be my guess. Are there uh, are the codes pretty much similar from city to city uh, as as you guys uh, go out and and check out you know people's wishes? It, yeah, a lot of the codes are similar for stairways specifically and for steps. Um, handrail, guard, there's handrail, there's guardrail. Those, all those codes are pretty consistent uh, across cities to cities. They all use, uh, most of them use the universe, uh, the residential building code, the IRC. But it, uh, it's pretty consistent um, across, even across Wisconsin and Minnesota. They're very, very consistent. A listener suggested, we were talking about shoveling uh, the snow off our decks uh, using the plastic shovel when you shovel your deck. That, that was just one comment. That's not a bad idea, right? Great idea. I say that with your deck, too, to uh, not use a, a, you know, don't be chiseling away on your, your new deck from Lindus with a with an ice chisel. You know, use a plastic shovel, and if it's hard and crusty, maybe it should stay. You know, it, you know it, it's not the end of the world to have a little crusty snow on your deck. Sure. This listener is thinking about having gutters put on their house this spring. Boy, I hope they get the LeafGuard gutter system. Why not? They're wondering, uh, do they have to have a building permit to put gutters on their house? Uh, they live in uh, the Egan area. Uh, what's the no. deal with that? No? Gutters do not require permits uh, that I know of in any city. Uh, you can put gutters on without a building permit. No kidding. Well, that's great. Uh, this listener, and then we have to run, uh, Luke, works in retail at a home improvement store. Roof rakes are in high demand but short supply. The caller's neighbors <laughs> probably wish they could get a hold of one. They call this person every day to see if they got them in stock. But still, like you suggested, uh, if you can stay yeah. away from it, your roof probably should be fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't, don't risk the chance of ruining those shingles, right? Yes, no, I agree. And it's probably the first time in history we would welcome the sight of a door-to-door salesman that's selling roof rakes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Luke, it was great to hear from you. Thanks for your help. we got to run, and uh, I hope we can uh, join up again down the road. All right. Stay, stay warm, Denny. Thanks very much. Luke Panic, the deck and port specialist with uh, Lindus Construction. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with uh, Luke or uh, whatever project you have in mind, give him a call again. That first visit, always free, 844-9-LINDUS, or you can get online at lindusconstruction.com. We're going to be back tomorrow morning for Susie Jones. Uh, if you have a dog or cat and you want to ask the vet questions about the health of your animal, 
Uh, we'll do that. Seven o'clock hour tomorrow here on News Talk A3O WCCO. In the meantime, mostly cloudy skies.